Hello, and welcome to a new episode of From the Honeycomb, a podcast that creates a spark of positive energy. Here we discuss all things architecture and design, to travel, exploring Vastu Shastra with a modern approach, and I connect with other like-minded women to share their story. I am your host, Katerina Burenova, and welcome to From the Honeycomb. I am joined today by Monica, travel guide and relocation expert for one of my favorite places, the beautiful island of Madeira. Monica is your go-to for what to do and see while visiting Madeira, and she's also there to guide you through the process of relocating and calling Madeira home. Monica, welcome to From the Honeycomb podcast. Thank you very much for having me here. I'm super excited and yeah, looking forward to all the questions you're having. <laughs> oh, I have a lot. <laughs> As you know, we begin every episode by sharing something that we are grateful for in the present moment. So what are you grateful for? Overall, living abroad, I think what I'm most grateful for is my family, who is always like supporting and traveling after me. Like that's one of the things, yeah, that I'm grateful for every day. Oh, no, family is so important. And you're originally from the Netherlands, correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So do you have a lot of family visiting you in Madeira? Mostly my parents and my auntie. No, no. And the rest not so much yet, but uh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> well, so knowing that you aren't originally from Madeira, share with us how you found Madeira and what your story is about moving there. Sure. Like the first time I found out that Madeira even existed was when I was traveling with my grandfather to the Algarve of Portugal. And back then there was still a ferry going from there to the islands and it was just departing. And he mentioned like, oh, look, that boat is going to Madeira Island and you should definitely visit one day. And looking back, it's, it's hilarious because he also he was still alive when I moved here. So, yeah, it's just a great thought yeah. that he introduced it. And But who, how I finally got to the island was because I met someone from the island whilst studying in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> and so we had like a long distance relationship and then I moved to the UK and then eventually we moved to Madeira after having already visited quite a few times. And yeah, then when we got here, like even the first time I came here, I was like, yeah, this is home. I want to move here. Like I had this sure. But yeah, then when we got here, the relationship didn't last. But I fell so in love with the island that even the idea of like leaving, that would break my heart. So yeah, I got a way to stay. Wow. And when did you move to Madeira? I moved here in January 2018. Wow, that's amazing. Oh my gosh. I love your story too. Is It seems like Madeira was always meant to be for you because with your grandfather and then the relationship and even though that didn't work out, you know, Madeira was calling you, which is so amazing. And so now you live in Madeira. As listeners know, I got married in Madeira in 2021 and we love it there. It is absolutely beautiful. There is so much nature and things to do on the island i mean you have the mountains where it, it doesn't it snow at like pr1 
It does from time to time, yeah. Times, it's just a little bit. <laughs> and then you have just the beautiful ocean, you know, the Atlantic Ocean, and there's so many amazing spots, and you have, like, the Black Sand Beach and Seychelles. Like, it is such, a, like, abundant and just there's so many different areas of the island. And so when you first came to the island, what did you kind of – what was, like, your favorite thing right away when you finally visited? Oh, the mountains. Yeah. Yeah, me coming from a flat country, it's even <laughs> funnier. But I love that the mountains in Madeira, they are so untouched and so extremely dramatic. It's There is no subtleness about them. It's really, you can see the force of nature, like also thinking that Madeira is volcanic. So at one point, this did not exist. And all these mountains, they came as lava from the ocean. They just have something really impressive to me. No, and that's so true. And so do you live in Funchal then? No, I live in Calieta. Calieta is like on the southwest coast of the island. It's a bit oh, yeah, more yeah. warm. It is yeah. warm because when we first got to Madeira, we were there in September and we first got there and I heard about where you can go to the website and see the cameras, you know, what the weather is like on every part of the island. And we were in, in Funchal and it was raining and I'm like, man, it's our first day here. I don't want to see rain. Where is their sun? And so we looked and all the way to the wet, oh, we ended up going to the east and hiking there because that was very sunny and warm too. So there's just so many different climates on the island for sure. And so now that you've been in Madeira for five and a half years, you have kind of become that relocation expert, which is why I wanted to reach out to you to talk to you about what is the process like moving to Madeira? Well, when I first got here, it is uh, stressful, I would say, um, because most of the government places like City Hall and things where you need to arrange those official documents for registration most of them, they don't speak English at all or not so well. So that is the first point that can yeah, stress you out when you're coming to Madeira. And apart from that, it's quite different. Let's say in the Netherlands, you can arrange everything at one place. Here, you need to go from one office to the other to get different kind of documents. So yeah, that is that I would say is the main thing that is confusing here. Of course. And at least you have EU citizenship, which have you been helping? I know now also with UK and Brexit, is it harder for people from the UK to move to Madeira? Do you know? I believe for the UK, it's quite all right yet at the moment. Mm -hmm. They have, because Madeira has a long lasting relationship with the UK. They were the first tourists to come here. And yeah, so I believe there are some arrangements in regards to that. When it comes to America, I believe it's a D7 visa you can get here or a golden visa that Portugal still allows. So, yeah, there's a different ways to, to go about it. <laughs> no, I can only imagine. And is it a long process? It's interesting to hear you have to go to just every different place. I know now also then there was COVID and, uh, you know, things were shut down. But how long is the process about to once you start the process? The first time just to register, I believe it took me about three months. And that's me coming from a European country. And then even like, because I moved home twice. And I remember the last time I moved home to Calieta, I had to 
change all the documents again and it took me over four months so it can be quite a struggle also considering like for people who are working full-time if you work full-time monday to friday the offices are only open monday to friday and then they close for the lunch break or something and they open from nine to four so usually people work at that time so you need to like have a have a day off for it and then it can happen you go into the office and you're missing one of the paperwork that you require so you have to go back schedule another meeting another appointment so yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's a lot of work and so it's great that you have now found this niche of helping people and I know you have your ebook did the ebook come out yet yes it did yeah you have the ebook yeah true Yeah, I created it mostly also for people to have like this step-by-step guide of what they need to do, what kind of documents they need for, what type of registration, if you need to even change your driving license. Like I try to give as much information as needed in there because online it's also not really easy to find. Well, my husband and I have talked about moving to Madeira. (laughs) It's definitely something when we visited, we were like, this is a place we could live. Like there was just something like you said, when you first got there, we were like, wow, this is a place I could live. Mm -hmm. And so now that you're living there as well, you know, when you move different countries. So my background is I was born in the Czech Republic, moved to the US when I was five. So I don't really remember changing countries, but For you, how was it culturally? Was there like a culture shock or did you have kind of a smooth transition? Of course, every culture has different things, but what was that experience like for you? Yeah, in general, I love the Portuguese culture. Like they're super warm and welcoming and they are very kind people that are always willing to help you. I think what the biggest culture shock was for me was the... (laughs) the punctuality like Dutch people they are very punctual when we say like we're going to meet you at seven we're going to be there five to seven in Portugal they are they if you meet them at seven they're going to be there 7 30 like let's say to give you an example and also the dinner times like eating with Portuguese friends like in the Netherlands we eat between dinner between five and seven here, it's quite normal to have dinner like after 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. So that's the most challenging bit. And then, of course, yeah, if you look at the bureaucracy of trying to arrange things, that could be so simplified. Yeah, I think that would be the biggest culture shock. But yeah, like I said, I really love Portugal and Portuguese uh, culture. And did you speak Portuguese at all before you moved here? No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I could not distinguish one word from the other or whether where the comma or the end of the sentence was. It was a uh, yeah, completely other language, but I learned it quickly. I at that time I was also living with Portuguese people who barely spoke English and I worked in tourism as in I was like actively as a hostess on the island, so working with people in the hotels and on the buses and at the airport. And yeah, I basically forced everyone to speak Portuguese with me. And then I learned it within four months. So it was quite an achievement as well. 
Wow, good for you. No, it's it's a beautiful language. We tried to learn a little bit as far as like hello, thank you, how you know, how are you, of course. And such a different different language as well. I speak Czech and German, so for me and you speak Dutch. So it's a little it's very very different in the pronunciation and and the grammar. And so and now how so we had COVID, unfortunately, which of course, you know, was a lot on the tourism industry. And have you seen since you were lived there before 2020, how has the tourism changed? Well, first of all, I think in many places in the world, but of course I can only speak for Madeira. Madeira has gotten very, very popular. Like if you see Madeira before COVID. It was like uh, more older people coming. It still had this uh, reputation of being like an island for elderly people. So that was the main tourism group, I think 80%. Then in 2019, we saw already like younger couples coming to the island who were more looking for a bit more adventurous uh, holiday. And then after 2020, yeah, the island went booming. I think in the first year of 2021 we we doubled in percentage of tourism on the island that we had before covid so yeah it's huge also with the coming of the digital nomads before 2020 we madeira didn't know what was digital nomadism yeah so and also like the crowd in general the tourists they got much younger more like self independent self dependent like that they are more likely to rent a car instead of going with the tours. And yeah, so I think that's the main thing what changed. More people, more young people that want to do things by themselves. Well, that's great. And we rented a car in Madeira and my husband drove the whole time. Yeah. Driving through Funchal was one <laughs> adventure <laughs> for sure. And then just a quick thing on uh, the tunnel structure and the highways that get you from one part of the island is incredible. If I mean, that's we tell everybody, we're like, you haven't seen this organized of a system, it seems like. I mean, it could be maybe more like organized chaos, but it, I mean, you can get from so many different parts of the island. So having a car, I think, is so great. And it's great hearing that so many people, especially adventurous people, are finding Madeira because there is so much to do. And especially in the mountains and the hiking. And so that's so great to hear. And I wanted to come back to one thing you talked about is digital nomads. And so have you seen that Madeira is becoming a place for digital nomads? Yeah, definitely. Like in uh, the beginning of 2021, they started Digital Nomad Village in Ponte do Sol. I was living there at the time, so I was like super close to them. And they even have created more uh, co-working spaces in Ponte de Sol is where they started and nowadays they have co-working spaces also in Funchal and in other villages like Mexico, Porto de Cruz also co-living so it really became very popular here for digital nomads to be here Ponta de Souls. We had we stayed at an Airbnb there, and that was my. If we move, that's the village I want, the town I want to move to because Definitely. it's so beautiful. And so, have you noticed where digital nomads are coming from? Because I know there was a New York Times article that talked about a lot of Americans moving to Portugal. And is it more? Do you see more Europeans, Americans, or other nationalities moving to Madeira? I think it's a good mix. I don't know, like. 
in the beginning, I was quite involved with digital nomadism because it's it was new and it was something curious. Nowadays, I'm not really going too much into it. But it is quite a mix of European and American people because since recently, we also have the direct flights with New York. Mm-hmm. So it's more likely also for American people to come here. Yeah, no, that's true. That is true. That direct flights from New York, that changed our thought too about being able to come because we took three flights. We flew, I think, LA to New York, New York, Lisbon, Lisbon, Funchal. I was like, oh, that was. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was. But that is true with the direct contact to New York. And so now, so you were in tourism. So what do you do now specifically? Now I'm still in tourism. I have my project as the Madeira Travelista on Instagram, where I basically connect people with small local businesses on the island to support them. And also I'm telling people about the island, inspiring them through video content, photos, and the ebooks that I created. I have one relocation guide and one travel guide in English and in Dutch. And of course, there's people like coming through my DMs, which I am happy to answer. And uh, apart from that, I am currently working as a recruiter, so I help people find jobs in Portugal. Really? Oh, interesting. Oh, good for you. Oh, this is oh, you. When I found you, and I was, I always see Madeira videos coming through. Like somehow the the algorithm knows I like Madeira videos, and so I found you, and I'm like, here is someone who is found this island has kind of a I mean I feel like a little bit of a similar connection just falling in love with it you went and you moved there which is incredible like I said my husband and I have always been like well if we would live somewhere else besides California it would probably be Madeira and so I mean it's just the content you create you make Madeira look I mean Madeira is so beautiful but there is a way that you are showing it that it is just this incredible place and I love that you're connecting with small businesses and making sure they get exposure. Because I know when we were planning, we were originally planning to go in 2020 to do two weeks in Portugal, do a week on the mainland and a week in Madeira. Of course, we weren't able to come. And so then we decided instead we'll have our wedding there. And that's why we ended up visiting. We had never been before. Amazing. So we, which was amazing. We had an incredible wedding planner who was local to the island and she helped us with so much and she's now become a family friend, but it's just, it's such a beautiful place. And so seeing your content and how you're helping people relocate, especially now hearing that the process is so difficult, <laughs> it, it is great that, that you, they have someone like you to, to help them. Yeah. I try. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so now that you live in Madeira and you've been there for five and a half years, how like, and you've lived in different parts of of the island, does it feel like home? Oh, yeah. Madeira feels like home from day one. I love it so much. Like, I can't even express it. I had this conversation with a friend a while back and we were like, how can we explain to people who've never been here how you feel about Madeira? And We came to the conclusion it's basically like you are actually like you're in love with a person, but you're in love with an island. And that's that's the feeling that I have with uh, with Madeira. Wow, that's amazing. You know, there is something to say about a place and falling in love with the place. It's it's you know, we have relationships with people, but then there's also locations that really make us feel like at home and like this is where we are meant to be so that's incredible and going back to 
your grandfather mentioned Madeira and then you had the relationship. And so it is Madeira is like a love in your life for sure. Definitely, definitely. And yeah, like the island has given me so much in so many ways, like even being able to after a day of work or if you're not feeling so well, like everyone has those days. And if you just go into the mountains or go to the ocean, then that all seems to disappear. You make me, I, you're making me want to book a ticket. Like you have no idea. We've been talking about going back so soon. And because there is the direct flight to Prague, to Czech Republic, I think like two times a week, that is a huge reason why, because then I could always see my family, but then live in Madeira. Perfect. And so if someone is listening to this episode and they're thinking about coming to Madeira, what's a good time? How, like what time of the year? I know... There are some like rainy seasons, hot seasons. You also have the flower festival, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what's a good kind of time to visit? It kind of also depends on the person and what they're looking for, of course. Mm -hmm. Madeira, the season is changing a bit, but like in, in general, the months of November and February, March are like the worst rainy months. April, May is when the flower festival is, but we have festivals from February up until Christmas. Madeira really knows how to throw a party. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is what I like. The parties, the festivals in the summer. Sorry if I go a bit off topic, but they are like every village has their own team. And then they throw like parties with concerts and they have these food stands, drink stands. And there is a party throughout the village. So oh, wow. they connect all the locals and the yeah, tourists if they're there. It's, it's super nice to, to see that. It's like... Of course, the, the flower festival is famous and also the, the carnival in February, but definitely the other summer parties, they are, they are spectacular too. Yeah. Wow. If you're, I don't know, if you're planning to visit Madeira, it's amazing during Christmas, like the Christmas lights and the fireworks, like the fireworks show on the New Year's Eve. It's incredible. It's even in the Guinness World of Records. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, but of course, that time is a bit more expensive. Summer months are great. August, September are the hottest usually. At the moment, it's a bit cloudy. But uh, yeah, it really differs. Like you say, Madeira has microclimate, so you can always go chase the sun if that's what you're uh, into. Me, preferably, I prefer the winter because it's more quiet. Mm. And even on a rainy day, Madeira looks beautiful. That is true. No, that is very true. There is some, it is when it rained, it was always so peaceful. It was yeah. like this, like everybody kind of slowed down and it was just, there is something about the rain in Madeira for sure. And it is like the, that's the word I was looking for, microclimate, microclimates on the island because like we were by the ocean in swimsuit and we decided to go up hiking to PR1 did not know it would be so cold. Fog, <laughs> rain. I bought all new clothing at the souvenir store because <laughs> I showed up with shorts and a tank top and a little jacket. And my husband's like, you're going to freeze. So now I have a Madeira raincoat. I have a Madeira like big jacket because it was so cold. But now it's funny because I had, and it's great. I have all these like memories from that, but it's so true. The microclimates. And then I know this also kind of depends on what you want to do, but what is a good kind of time to dedicate to spend on the island if you're visiting? 
If it's your first time here, um, I would say that a minimum of 10 days. Like, okay. don't don't come here for a week or four days. It's like, you're gonna, of course, you can always come back, but you will not even see like 5% of the island, mm-hmm. even if you try. Like, I'm living here five and a half years and I'm still discovering new places whilst I've been working in tourism whilst I still go on tours with companies so or even explore myself so it's the island is way bigger than it looks (laughs) (laughs) that's great and what would you say like some of your favorite things to do are or like recommendations my personal favorite things to do are hikes like I'm Levada addicted I, I do that every weekend preferably multiple times per week Boat trips are nice to see dolphins because there's a group of dolphins and whales living here like permanently and there's others that migrate. So you really have a big chance to to see it. What I like to do, I love to go on a Jeep tour, like explore really remote Madeira, like go into those mountains where nobody else goes and uh, yeah, just see, see the peaceful nature. Or go with a horse, like horse riding, mm-hmm. to give some ideas. Yeah, no, I know, I know you've been posting about those too, and I saw the the horseback riding, and it's like there's just so much you can do. And I think 10 days, yeah, because we were there about two weeks, but we had wedding planning in between. And so that was, was a, the first week was mostly just that, but it's so true. There is so much to see, and 10 days sounds about right. I would definitely spend more time there. For sure. And then, so going back to the relocating, I know we're kind of jumping around, but as far as relocating, you know, what would you say, like, so you've gone through the experience, is there anything you would have done differently or now that you know what the process is like? And I know I'm sure that's in your ebook, but is there anything you would have done? I would have definitely prepared myself because... (laughs) I had no clue. I came here literally being like, yeah, I'll see it when I get there. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, maybe that's also part that caused me stress because I'm usually not a person that goes like, oh, yeah, I'll see it. I'm a bit more organized. But yeah, organization and like kind of knowing what to expect is very helpful. Uh, Still make sure that you have all the paperwork right. Just bring all the paperwork to whatever you need to do, like whether it's your own registration or for your healthcare or for your car, just bring everything because then you know for sure that it's okay. <laughs> You're over-prepared, over-prepared. Yeah, and better. so if there is someone now listening as well and they're like, you know, I'm thinking about moving to Madeira, but I'm not sure, is there any advice that you could give? Yeah, Really check in with yourself and figure out what you really want, as in location-wise, because we have, for example, Funchal, which is a buzzing city, but we also have beautiful areas which are more remotely yet accessible and often like maximum half an hour to an hour from the capital. But yeah, really figure out for yourself what kind of lifestyle that you want to live and then investigate if Madeira is for you, because sometimes it happens, you can hardly imagine it, but people move to the island thinking like, oh my God, it's going to be paradise and I'm going to live on this beautiful island. And of course, 
80% of it is that. It's a beautiful island. But there's also things that might not be here that you require, like the... Okay, so for example, simple example, everything is uphill. Even a walk to the supermarket is going to be a proper workout. So take this into consideration that you will probably need a car now if you're scared of driving in mountain areas or like on busy roads uh, or if you get uh, nervous or stressed out quickly this can be a challenge for you okay so for example we have we have public transportation but it takes a bit longer to get from point A to point B, if you're using public transportation. Like, for example, Carlietta Funchal, by car, is 30 minutes. With a bus, it's at least two hours. It's uh, Yeah, so it takes quite a bit longer to get around. Also, island life, some people can get uh, feeling claustrophobic because the only way out is the airport. We don't have boats, unless if you jump on a cruise ship. We don't have boats taking you to the mainland or taking you somewhere else. So you're always depending on flights. Now, it happens from time to time that the airport is not necessarily shut, but like flights get cancelled or diverted due to wind, due to having fog at the airport because the the planes, they land by sight. And sometimes we have crosswinds, so the, the planes, they cannot land at all. And yeah, the, the lifestyle... It really depends what you're used to, how open-minded you are. I think if you move to any kind of other location, you have to yeah, know that you're moving to a different culture, to a different way of life. So you have to adapt. Of course, not in your own home, but outside, yeah. Oh, that is great advice. That I think that you really hit the nail on the head with the advice and especially that it's not always paradise. And I think so many people move somewhere thinking all of my worries will go away because I'm living in this, you know, beautiful place, but you still have to, you know, go get groceries, you know, pay your bills, things like that, do that day-to-day life, but Exactly. Yeah. And apart from that, sorry, I missed out on one crucial thing you will be missing your family you will be missing home even though you live on the most beautiful place on earth you're gonna have days where you really really miss them no of course no it is true but it's great that if you have the family coming to visit and and then also you get to kind of create and build a family of friends as well yeah yeah and would you say your friend group or the people you, are you friends with locals or a mix of locals and other nomads? Uh, now it is quite a mix. I started out, my friends were mainly uh, locals and they still are. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very grateful for the local community that I have as well around me. And yeah, since after COVID, I connected also to foreigners or digital nomads at the time however most of them stayed here so we have now this nice friend group of internationals they come from everywhere like france uh, germany czech republic as well one of my really close friends she's czech oh great <laughs> so nice. yeah so it's a mix and people yeah and that actually made me think of another question is how do you make friends when you move to a new country especially as an adult, not as, you know, a child that goes to school and makes friends in class. Yeah, it is. uh, It's harder because, of course, these people you didn't grow up with and they come from different cultures, different backgrounds. Most of them that also most of the time that also means that they're 
very open-minded and curious about different cultures. With the Portuguese, the local, I mainly got in touch through work. So when I worked in tourism and just by yeah outdoor by being outside and i must say the funny thing is most of the other friends i attracted through instagram <laughs> many people link with me through instagram and uh yeah like the the czech friends she connected with me on instagram another one was actually through the digital nomads because they first came here as nomads and then decided to stay so yeah, the locals, I would say, organically, and the, the other ones uh, online. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good mix, though. That's a good mix. And that's what it seems like you have to meet, like, you people, you know, I don't know if you, like, I love yoga. So I feel like I would find a yoga studio or go to yoga classes and, and somehow get into that community. And then, of course, online is figuring out who else lives in Madeira that's maybe does what I do. Yeah, definitely. And also, like, if you would come to Madeira, there's lots of Facebook groups where you can connect with local experts or with locals. And, yeah, they do many uh, activities are being organized as well. There's always, like you said, por the Portuguese know how to throw a party. They know how to build a community. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, Monica, thank you so much for coming on from the Honeycomb podcast to talk about Madeira. This episode will be airing actually uh, the weekend of our anniversary. So from two years of when we were in Madeira. And I know, I, unfortunately, we aren't going back to celebrate this year, but hopefully soon we will be there. So Monica, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much for having me here. And when you come back to Madeira, please let me know. I'd love to meet you. And uh, yeah. Maybe one day you move here too. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. And where can listeners find you? They can find me on Instagram. That's my main my main channel. My name on Instagram is at the Madeira Travelista. Apart from that, I'm also on YouTube and Facebook under the same name. Yeah. Perfect. I'll provide links in the show notes. Thank you so much again. Thank you. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of From the Honeycomb Podcast. I would love if you left a review and rated the episode. You can click the follow button so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes. You can follow me on Instagram at From the Honeycomb Podcast. You can also support the podcast through the patron link in the show notes. Your support makes more of From the Honeycomb Podcast episodes possible. There's also my monthly newsletter, which you can subscribe to, that comes out once a month where I share a personal message with you, also some intellectual architecture articles, a Vastu Shastra tip of the month, and we also have a book month. So that comes out every seventh of the month. Thank you so much and see you next Friday.